0: Hi, my friends. Before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that my brand new book, Your Mid-Career GPS, Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next, is currently available on Amazon. If you're looking for some help with navigating your career transition, you need a GPS to help you. And I want to help you with that. Go to Amazon and search for Your Mid-Career GPS to get your copy of my brand new book today. And while you're at it, come join my private Facebook group. It's Your Mid-Career GPS. And join an amazing group of people who, like you, are all trying to figure out whatever is next for themselves and their careers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. Let's get started. Hi, I'm John Nerill and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your mid-career GPS. So let's get started. Have you ever had a video interview for a job? Now, more than likely, if you've been interviewing in the last 18 months, you have. Now, more and more companies have gone to using video interviews as a way to screen applicants and enhance their recruiting process as they look to achieve their goal of finding top talent. And I'm wondering if you've ever had that pre-recorded or one-way video interview. That's the interview where you record your answers to a series of interview questions, but no one is on the other side watching. You might be thinking that's a little freaky or weird, but it happens. And it's a different and unique experience. And honestly, it's one that's not going away. My guest today is Jeremy Tolan, a partnership manager for Spark Hire, which is helping more than 6,000 of the world's best organizations with their video interviewing platform. Jeremy and I are going to talk to you today about how to navigate the one-way and the two-way video interview so you can put your best self forward and give yourself a better chance of getting the job you desire. Jeremy's earned his bachelor's degree in telecommunications from Indiana University in Bloomington, and he's got a minor in marketing. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Thanks for having me, John. That was an incredible introduction. Wow. Thank you. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in.
0: A- absolutely. So, hey, Jeremy, as we get started, I always ask my guests this question. What did you want to be growing up?
1: Yeah, such an awesome question. Um, it probably changed all the time when I was a kid, right? Day to day, week to week. Um, but something that like always stuck out to me when I was a kid, I really liked the idea of being a veterinarian or maybe like a detective, And I think it's because I I loved animals at the time. I liked solving problems, working together with the team. And most importantly, I just wanted to help people. Um, And so those were things that I was really interested in as a kid.
0: Yeah. So how do you go from this passion of veterinarian and detective work and get a degree in telecommunications and marketing?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think which was a huge uh, barrier for me. I ended up developing really bad allergies to all sorts of animals when I was a kid. I still loved animals and um, fought my allergies every step of the way, but um, probably had a, had a, uh, put an ax on that one pretty quickly. Hmm. But yeah, I, I, you know, I love working together with teams. I love um, problem solving. And uh, most importantly, I just really wanted to be able to help people in meaningful ways. So um, what I realized was I could develop skills through things like tele, telecommunications and marketing that I could use to really achieve these types of things. And um, getting involved with an organization like Spark Hire really helped propel that and helped set me up where I could really actually help a lot of different people, a lot of different companies, tons of different candidates uh, in really meaningful ways through my job. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little more about Spark Hire and what you all do there.
1: Yeah, SparkHire, it's essentially a video interviewing platform. So companies in pretty much every industry, they're leveraging Spark Hire to help learn more about their candidates. They're using it to help make their hiring process more efficient, make it more accurate, make it more collaborative and enjoyable for everyone involved. And that goes for both the interviewers and the candidates. Um, there's pretty much two different types of video interviews that we're providing. One way video interviews that you mentioned at the top of the podcast, Um, as well as live video interviews too. And I I think one-way video interviews are becoming a lot more common, but there's still a lot of candidates and a lot of companies, employers that haven't been using these yet. So I thought this was an awesome opportunity to join you for this conversation, share some really good tips and kind of talk about some of the advantages for both candidates and companies that are using these types of interviews
0: absolutely. And so full disclosure, when Jeremy and I connected and I got to learn a little bit more about Spark Hire, um I was able to partner with you and your company and in buying the the video interviewing platform for my coaching business and have used that to help my clients very specifically with the one-way interview, which is the one where they're answering a series of questions either on a screen or they get a video that pops up and someone gives them the question, but they're answering that with nobody on the other end. And before we get into the technical pieces of that, what I'm curious from you, Jeremy, is how have you and everyone at Spark Hire seen interviewing change because of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, Um, in a number of ways. So to your point, in the last 18 or so months, um, almost any candidate that might have been looking for a job, pretty much every company has used some type of virtual interviewing in some way because it's been so challenging to meet with candidates in person for interviews. And also just due to the pandemic, A lot of companies have been trying to find opportunities to expand their business outside of the geographic region. So they end up interviewing and hiring a lot of candidates outside of the region, too, where maybe some of these companies weren't really doing that prior to the pandemic also. Um, I think what we've noticed, too, is that the landscape in general has been very much stop and go because some organizations started realizing they need to hire more than ever at certain points other ones realized they needed to completely stop hiring or even lay off uh, employees at certain points in times too. So it's been very stop and go, but I think companies are really ready. They're really poised to continue to grow as we hopefully come out on the other side of this. And I think what um, Michael overlooked in a lot of cases too is that with the traditional interviewing process, um, a huge aspect, a really important part of that is that a candidate gets to go on site at the office. They get to see a tour of the office. They a lot of the times get to have a chance to meet a few different team members when they're doing this tour of the office and really get a good feel for what is the environment like? What is the company culture like? They actually get to see and experience these things, but because it's been so challenging to meet with people in person for interviews over the last 16, 18 months, um, that, that's a huge piece that's been missed out on the interviewing experience. And so I think it's important that companies are finding creative ways to still be able to demonstrate their company culture. What is their environment? What is it actually like to work at the organization without actually seeing that and experiencing that firsthand as a candidate?
0: Thank you for bringing that up. That's such a great point about how when we think about that moment when you are invited to the office for that interview, that there's things that are just missed because of what's happened during the pandemic and us not meeting face-to-face, we're all kind of relegated to our our video boxes on our computers or our devices and trying to find ways to connect in that regard. One of the things that I am fascinated by with the whole one-way video interview is there's there really are some nice ways for candidates to showcase themselves or answer those kind of questions and even have chance to go back and re-record answers if they're allowed, depending on how that's all set up. What, what are some of your best tips to help a candidate really do exceptionally well on that one-way video interview? Sure.
1: Yeah, um, some of the tips that I could give just for interviewing in general, a lot of times people coach you to show, don't tell. So make sure that when you're responding to questions, you're providing really clear but concise examples on, on how you maybe demonstrated a skill or an experience. Don't just, don't just list the different skills or experience that you have. Really, really tell a story about that and maybe draw from different anecdotes or, or true stories, examples where you've actually had a chance to demonstrate that when you're thinking about the actual video interview itself and just the technical aspect of it, um, a lot of platforms, you'll have an opportunity to either do it from a computer or a mobile device. And I think it's important to do your best to try to do it from a computer if you can, because they usually have more computing power. Um, You could hardwire it into an internet cord, an ethernet cord, so you have a stronger connection. It's also more stationary, so you don't have to figure out how to pop up your phone or hold the selfie the whole time. Um, So mobile is fine. But if you can do it from a computer, I do recommend that. And if you think about internet connection, obviously you want the strongest connection possible. And I recommend testing your internet speed before um, recording a one-way interview or even connecting for a live interview. There's a site called speedtest.net. It's an easy way to test your internet connection just to make sure you do have a good connection. And maybe that's going to help you determine where to record your video interview to. Maybe there's certain areas of your home Maybe you have an office that you can go to and you can determine where do you get the best connection. And then think about this is a really good chance to really present yourself and put your best foot forward. So make sure the environment around you looks really good, too. You might want to clean up a little bit. Make sure it's tidy. There's not a ton of distractions around you. Check your lighting. So ideally, you want to avoid where you have like a big window behind you that's casting a light or a shadow behind you. That's kind of why in this office here, I have the shades closed because I don't want this light shining down like I'm in some FBI interrogation. Or <laughs> like that. Um, so really check your lighting and make sure you look at a preview of how does this actually look. And then as far as, I guess, just preparing yourself for the interview too, gather as much relevant information as you can to help set you up for success before the interview. So as an example, make sure you understand how much time you need to set aside to complete this. Who are you going to be interviewing with? If it's a live video interview, who's the interviewer? And do you need to have anything prepared beforehand? And make sure you understand what the deadline is. In the case of a one-way video interview in particular, there's going to be a deadline set for how many days you have to complete it. Make sure you know exactly when that deadline is too. I
0: love that reminder about the deadline, especially because it, it can be very challenging for active job seekers who are juggling multiple positions and interests that that can easily, albeit unintentionally, fall off their radar. So making a really clear point about when they need to get that submitted by and also to really give themselves enough time. It's a very different dynamic with that one-way video interview because You're not meeting with somebody live where in the course of 30, 45, 60 minutes, the interview is going to be over and done with. I know from some of my clients who have worked on the one-way video interview platform that I've given them for interview coaching, some have come back and told me it's taken them three hours to answer five questions because they were so afraid of messing it up or it didn't sound right. They wanted to go back and redo an answer because of that desire to get everything perfect because they're putting themselves out there in this way. So let's just go back a second. So when somebody is taking a one-way video interview, they're going to basically get a URL that's going to take them to the Spark Hire platform, correct?
1: Exactly.
0: Right. And at that point, when they get a question... It's going to pop up on the screen, either as text, or a person's going to come up in a pre-recorded video asking them the question. Do you find companies use one way more, one, like the text on the screen or the video of the person asking the question more than another? And if so, why?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Hire, we always recommend to companies to actually pre-record those videos of the questions because it definitely makes this experience feel a little bit more personal. So to your point, it's very much one way in nature. So it might feel a little uncomfortable if there's no one on the other end, if you're not used to something like that. But by seeing the employer on video, I think it makes a candidate feel a lot more comfortable with recording themselves. What I think is also a really nice touch too is on Sparkle, there's something called intro and outro videos. So the company, the employer also has a chance to record a quick introduction on video, maybe to greet the candidate, let them know what to expect for the experience, maybe even as telling them more about the position they've applied for to, to try to keep them excited about it. But I think that's another really great way to kind of bridge this gap and make it feel more personal for candidates. And. Same with including the outro video where it's a quick video that plays at the end of the video interview, or maybe you're thanking the candidate for participating and outline, outlining what the next steps would be like. So I, we definitely always recommend recording those video questions because I, I think it feels a lot more personal for a candidate and just makes them feel a little warmer and more comfortable when they see a member of the employer's team on video before they record themselves.
0: And how do companies use these one-way interviews for their application process?
1: Yeah, it's usually as either a replacement to an initial phone interview or maybe they're using it to help complement a phone interview. But it's a really good way for them to be able to interview with more candidates because it's a lot faster and more efficient on their end. They don't have to schedule a set time that they actually have to meet with the candidate. And it's really quick to just review a few minutes of a video instead of scheduling and conducting that initial phone interview it's a great way to learn a lot more about a candidate beyond just reviewing their resume at first too so it adds a whole nother way where they can learn a lot more about candidates and being able to get through these preliminary interviews faster is super important because because of time constraints if you're not doing something like this and you're interviewing candidates in traditional ways you you're not able to interview as many candidates so you, A lot of companies end up finding that they end up hiring better candidates that they maybe wouldn't even have had a chance to consider because they just wouldn't have had enough time to interview all these candidates out of the gate like that. So they're able to uncover these really great candidates that maybe they wouldn't have been able to invest the time into. They're also just able to learn a lot more about candidates, which is really helping them stand out to these employers and and helping them make a quick decision if they should um, hire that candidate or advance them to the next stage or not there's still usually going to be a more final round interview following these one-way video interviews too. So it's kind of a way to shortlist their candidates for these final round interviews.
0: Thank you for sharing that because it's important that for any active job seeker who is listening to this podcast, or even someone who's just curious about interviewing in general, that we peel back the curtain a little bit and share with them like why companies are using it in this way. And, and I thank you for doing that for us. The thing that stands out for me is how much time it saves the company. And I know from the conversations I've had, be it with my clients or people in my network, the word that often comes up is impersonal right? Or a little cold. It just the, the one-way interview seems a little bit impersonal. But when I'm able to explain to them that if you have a recruiter who's either internally working for the company or working for a recruiting firm that's contracted with the company, it saves them so much time between emails and phone calls and setting up the 15-minute Initial screen and all they need to do is send them a link on the Spark Hire platform. They can take it at their own leisure. Like I said, they have they have the deadline they need to get it in by. And then the people, the recruiter or anybody at the company, can then access that link and review their answers. And it does save them a tremendous amount of time when we understand the context of where that one-way interview is. It's like you did, you said it so well. It's about maybe replacing that initial call or that phone interview that just happens at the very beginning, but they're still going to get either the one on one interview, the two way interview, the panel interview. Maybe it's the invite into the office at that point. They're still going to get those things, but it really does. I love the term you use shortlist. It's going to help them shortlist their list of candidates so they can move their best talent forward.
1: Yeah, I think what's a great point, too, is because it's helping save them a lot of time, that means that the employer, the company, is going to be empowered to follow up with the candidate a lot faster and let them know a decision either way, if they're going to advance to the next step of the process or not, which can be a huge frustrating point for, for a lot of candidates that I've spoken with where they're not hearing back from the employer within a reasonable time frame. They don't even know if they're still being considered or not. Maybe the candidate's followed up with a few emails after that. Uh, but they're just not hearing back. And then, I don't know, a few weeks later, they finally hear back from the employer with a decision either way. So that can be super frustrating. Um, so I think what's great about saving time too is that it's empowering them to, to get back to the candidates faster and let them know what the next steps mean.
0: could not agree with you more. And I, and I hope... Uh, And even though hope is not a strategy, I hope companies will follow up with candidates more because obviously it is very disheartening or disconcerting when they have gone through multiple steps in an interview and then they feel like they got ghosted, right? So we always want to encourage that kind of follow-up, even if it's just to say, thank you for interviewing, but you're... You're no longer being considered, or you know, we've selected somebody else or whatever. It, it's just the closure is important in the interview process. And it sadly it doesn't always happen. So we're just going to ask companies to be a little bit better with that. And hopefully by saving them some time with Spark Hire and their platform, maybe that that happens a little bit more. So that's a that's a good thing. Jeremy, why would Someone, a company, let's say, why would a company choose to use Spark Hire for a two-way interview as opposed to using something like Zoom or Microsoft Teams?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because there's tons of really awesome solutions that are even free to do web conferencing through, like the ones you just mentioned. I think what's good about using something like Spark Hire that's specifically purpose built for the interviewing process is that it's gonna provide a more cohesive experience for candidates um, where an employer could include things like professional branding and and other features that's giving a candidate an opportunity to learn a ton about the employer throughout the process. So instead of just clicking a link and hopping on a a conference for a live video interview, a candidate's gonna be able to see a branded landing page. They can learn a lot more about the position they're interviewing for. They can learn more about what it's like to work at the company. They can even click buttons to check out the company's social media accounts. They can see pre-recorded videos from the company or a photo gallery. Just learn and, and feel a lot more of what it's like, which is kind of like what I mentioned earlier that we're missing out on where we don't get to walk through an office and actually see and feel what it's like to work at the organization. You can see a lot of those things as part of the professional branding and other opportunities on, on a, a video interviewing platform like SparkHire before you actually join the video interview. So that's definitely a big plus um also just providing things like 24 7 technical support is really important for candidates if they they do have questions about how to use the technology or are running into challenges we can help them with that too But providing this more branded cohesive experience for candidates um, is, is a huge plus for for organizations that want to do a live video interview with candidates too. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: those are such great points absolutely um Where do you see, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball here for a minute. Where do you see the future of virtual or video interviewing going in the next 12 to 18 months specifically?
1: Yeah. Um, Hopefully we'll see ourselves coming out on the other side of this pandemic shortly. And I, I definitely expect, I know video interviewing is going to continue because It's a great solution when interviewers might be spread out across different locations. And I mentioned earlier, um, dealing with the pandemic and reacting to that has forced businesses to hire candidates all across the the country, all across the globe. They found unique ways to expand where maybe they, they weren't really doing as much of that before the pandemic, too. So great way to connect with candidates that aren't local. Great way for interviewers to all be a part of the process where maybe they're not local to each other, too. Um, it's a really great way, especially with that one-way video interview for an organization to learn more about candidates earlier on in the hiring process so they can make these quicker and better decisions about who's going to advance to a final round interview. It's helping them consider more candidates in less time so they end up making better hires and just learning so much more about these candidates that they wouldn't have necessarily been able to consider if they were doing traditional interviewing methods. Um, it's, it's opening them up to provide a more structured and consistent experience for their candidates, too, because if they're doing a one-way video interview, all the candidates for a given role at a company are going to respond to the same set of questions under the exact same circumstances. So it's a really good way for them to go through a consistent process where they're all being considered on an even playing field that way, too. And and what I, what I think is important, too, to mention is that I don't expect one-way video interviews to ever act as a replacement to a live video interview or an in-person interview, but really just keep in mind that these types of interviews are going to give you as a candidate an opportunity to really stand out. And it's also going to give you a chance to have a deeper conversation in that final round interview with the interviewer because that person that ends up interviewing you for the final round interview, they're going to already have learned so much about you and gotten a really good feel for who you are as a person and a candidate from having watched a video interview before that actual final round interview. So you're going to be able to dig much deeper in a conversation during that actual final round interview too. So um, definitely going to be continuing, but I definitely don't expect it to ever replace that final round interview either.
0: Uh, well said, absolutely. And there's, so many things there that over the past 18 months we've just gotten used to, and, and the video interviewing piece is something I know more and more we are getting used to. I want to I want to ask you this though because you've you've worked with a lot of companies, you've helped a lot of people with this video interviewing platform with Spark Hire in your opinion or in your experience, Jeremy, what would you say are some of your biggest video interview pet peeves that anybody listening should just not do the next time they're on a video interview?
1: Right. Um, One of them, and, and this one totally goes both ways for both an interviewer and a candidate, is just make sure you're on time. And if you realize that you need to reschedule that's fine, but make sure that you reach out as soon as possible to reschedule your interview because no one wants from either perspective as an interviewer or a candidate, five minutes before the interview, hey, I'm actually not gonna be able to make it today, can we reschedule for another day? That could throw off the candidate's day, that could throw off an interviewer's day um, and, and just delay the hiring process, but that can be frustrating. And then I think it's important as a candidate, Make sure you've looked into the company a little bit, done a little bit of research. You don't have to know all the everything about the company, its entire history today, but make sure you understand um, where you've applied to work, what is the role and why you're interested in it, and be prepared to explain that to the interviewer, why you're interested in that role, why you're interested in working at the company, um, because the interviewer is going to want to know that, that as a candidate, you're certain about what you want and that you've already determined that this aligns with what you want. So, make sure you've looked into that and thought about that beforehand. Um, what did you find attractive about the company or, or that role in
0: particular? Nice. Yeah. And, and let's just recall, too, all the other great things you were saying earlier about the lighting, right? And, and the clean background and stuff. Right. Uh, I'll also, I, I've talked about this before, but um, big shout out to my best friend from high school, uh, Rob Vrinkowicz from uh, Vision. Uh, he has his uh, video production company, but he he tells me all the time. He's like, John, eyes in the top third of the screen. He's like, keep your eyes in the top third of the screen so you're framed accordingly, right? So even though people cannot, they're not seeing the video as part of this podcast, but we're both framed where we have a little bit of of torso, shoulders, neck, and head, right? I'm not looking up into your nostrils, <laughs> or, or you're not staring down at me in any way. It's it's these kind of little things that do make a big difference on the video platform because it is about how you're presenting yourself and your branding. And I, and I love all of the things that you and Spark Hire are doing. So thank you for that. I'll also just put this out there for everybody that as an executive and career transition coach, who does help all of my clients with any kind of interviewing preparation that when I was able to pull Spark Hire into my business and use your platform to give an added dimension about helping my clients with the video interview. It has saved me a ton of time, right? I can I can go into the platform, I can generate a link, I can put an interview together for somebody. I can send it to them. They can do it when they need to do it as long as they meet the deadline, of course. And I can go in and I can look at their responses and I can replay it over and over again and provide them with some excellent feedback about a lot of the things that they're saying or not saying, because I can go back and study that recording a whole lot more. So if anybody out there is listening, if you are a career coach or you have a coaching business and you're helping people with career transitions... Make sure you go to the show notes, get Jeremy's contact information and reach out to him about having a conversation about how Spark Hire can help you specifically with your coaching practice because you guys have certainly helped me a ton and I thank you for it. So Jeremy, as we wrap up, here's here's the, the the question that I always love ending with and that is, you know, what advice would you give someone to help them build their mid-career GPS? Yeah. Um
1: another very awesome question and and the advice that i'm gonna give is something that I learned about when I was at uh, a workshop for sales managers and and had to it had to do with understanding what do you say no to so really understand what what do you not want to commit to and and it sounds kind of negative, but really it's actually a positive thing because a great way to frame this is. Think about what do you say yes to in your life, both personally and professionally? What's really most important in both professional life, your personal life? What are your must-haves? And really identify, you might even make a checklist. What are these must-haves that you need in your personal or professional life? And and really think about from that, like, what are things so that you're not overextending yourself? You're not taking and pursuing a career or a role, a company that... That you really shouldn't be because it, it it's not aligned with what you say yes to. So really understand what are the things that you say no to that you cannot commit to. And that's going to just stem from what are the things that are most important to you, these must-haves that you're you're always going to say yes to.
0: Thank you for that. That is such a great answer and one we've not had before. So I love that. Thank you so very, very much. Jeremy, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. Please tell anyone who's listening. Um, or rather, everyone who's listening, tell them where they can connect with you, where they can find you, and what great things you have coming up for them.
1: Yeah, thanks again, John, for the opportunity today. Um, and thanks, to everyone who tuned in. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, first name, Jeremy, J E R E M Y. Last name, Tolan, T O L A N. And if you want to learn more about Spark Hire, if you're a candidate, we have some really great resources for candidates at sparkhire.com slash candidates. And if you work at an organization, you're involved with the interviewing process, you want to learn more about SparkHire and how it could help your hiring process, just go to sparkhire.com.
0: Awesome. Jeremy, thank you so very much. Definitely please reach out and connect with Jeremy at Sparkhire. And follow them on social and on LinkedIn, wherever you all are at. And just a friendly reminder, everyone, if you have not had a chance to pick up my brand new book, Your Mid-Career GPS, Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next, it is available on Amazon, both in Kindle and paperback. If you're not part of my private Facebook group, please join us over there at Your Mid-Career GPS. And make sure to visit com to get your free mid-career GPS resources that include a job tracker, a pro-con list, and reflection questions from my book to help you build your mid-career GPS one mile or one step at a time. Jeremy, again, it has been a pleasure getting to know you and working with you and talking with you. Thanks so very much for being a guest on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, John. I really appreciate it.
0: Same here. And everybody, remember, how we show up matters. Make it a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed today's episode and don't want to miss another one, follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. And kindly remember to rate and review. Visit johnnarrell.com to download your free job search tracker and other free mid-career GPS resources right there on my homepage. So you can start building your mid-career GPS. Come join my private Facebook group at your mid-career GPS and join an amazing community of people like you who are all working to figure out whatever is next for themselves and their careers. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Narrow Coaching. I'll see you next time.